truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings back after a long President's Day weekend. Thanks for tuning in today here live and on demand on The Blaze. I am Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron will be joining us here momentarily. If you'd like to be a part of the festivities today, 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. And for those of you listening via Blaze Radio or a podcast, last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. Coming up a little bit later on today, the Benham Brothers are going to be joining us. Uh, It is a Pop Culture Tuesday, some fake news or not, coming your way here at uh, the bottom of the hour as well. We love the opportunity to support great causes with uh, our show, like Back to Jerusalem. And their hope and mission is to bring the Word of God, the light of the Word of God into darkened, closed countries, countries whose oppressive regimes have closed their people off from the hope found only in God's Word. Uh, Countries like China, uh, countries like uh, Iran, uh, Somalia, North Korea, for example. Uh, One of the clever ways they have devised in order to get past the oppressive gatekeepers in these tyrannical regimes uh, they've kind of shrunk the Bible down. It's it's the actual Bible now, all right, as, as you know, handed down from uh, the Almighty Himself. But they've shrunk it down into a form that kind of helps them to sneak it past the gatekeepers. Maybe the best way to describe it, it it's about the size of a rather large pill. Um, if this is something that you want to do uh, to help us get the Word of God into these oppressive, closed countries, they're asking for our help. They want to send 10,000 of these into these oppressive regimes, and they're looking for each one of us to give you know, maybe $15, the price of you and a friend going to a fast food lunch. If you want to help spread the Word of God, blazehelp.org is the website. That's blazehelp.org or 844 305 That's 844-305-0566. And now here's Aaron with What Happened While We Were Away. What Happened While We Were Away, brought to you by Illinois Statutes, Chapter 720, Section 26, Part A, Subsection 6, which may or may not be relevant to the following. On January 29th, Empire star Jussie Smollett alleged that he was attacked in the 300 block of East Lower North Water Street in Chicago's Streeterville neighborhood in what was initially investigated as a hate crime. Smollett told police that he was attacked outside his apartment building by two white men in ski masks who made racial and homophobic slurs and said, quote, this is MAGA country, end quote. Of course, our media and leftist politicians, apologies for the redundancy, were quick to, shall we say, pounce on such a juicy narrative. Beaten with a noose around his neck and hospitalized. Empire star Jesse Smollett was the victim of a vicious, racist and homophobic attack. Kamala Harris said this was an attempted modern day lynching. His attackers hurled racial and homophobic slurs. Two people yelled racist and homophobic slurs. Cory Booker said the vicious attack on actor Jussie Smollett was an attempted modern-day lynching. Racial and homophobic slurs. Not only homophobia, we're talking about racism. We're talking about hate with steroids. Nancy Pelosi said the racist homophobic attack on Jussie Smollett 
is an affront to our humanity. That tweet has since been deleted. They are looking for two suspects who were apparently wearing Make America Great Again hats. The offenders uttered, this is MAGA country. Joe Biden said... What happened today to Jesse Smollett must never be tolerated in this country. The hate crime went down early this morning in Chicago. Officials are investigating the alleged assault as a hate crime. And now police say they're investigating this as a possible hate crime. Anyone attacked in a hate crime like this is an outrage. This is this is stomach turning, mind boggling mm-hmm. information. It's, it's out of control. I'm so shaken by the story. This is horrible to report. This is a horrible story. I like this is a horrible story. Yeah. I mean, the circumstances are just horrific. Horrendous and unacceptable. Absolutely despicable. Yeah, a lot of people can't believe this is actually happening in 2019. It's hard to believe that we're reporting, that we're even saying words like this in 2019. And this is America in 2019. Smollett himself appeared recently on a much-hyped ABC News interview. And there is no doubt in your mind what motivated this attack. I could only go off of their words. I mean, who says empire, this MAGA country, ties a noose around your neck and pours bleach on you? And this is just a friendly fight. I will never be the man that this did not happen to. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Turns out it seems none, 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 none. None of that is true. On Wednesday of last week, Chicago police raided the home of two persons of interest in the case. The two Nigerian brothers were extras on the cast of Empire. The next day, Chicago police confirmed to the local ABC affiliate, quote, police are investigating whether the two individuals committed the attack or whether the attack happened at all, end quote. On February 16th, two unnamed Chicago police sources informed CNN that Chicago police had discovered evidence indicating that Smollett had paid the two Nigerian brothers $3,500 to stage the attack. Financial records indicate that the brothers purchased the rope found around Smollett's neck at a crafty beaver hardware store in Ravenswood over the weekend of January 25th. Well, the information is still coming out. I'm going to withhold until all the information actually comes out from on-the-record sources. Um, We know in America that uh, bigoted and biased attacks are on the rise in a serious way. We actually even know in this country that since 9-11, the majority of the terrorist attacks on our our soil have been right-wing terrorist attacks, the majority of them white supremacist attacks. From inside, how do you think the media, you know, the media had to to cover this um, and had to cover this you know, cautiously and responsibly. How do you think, on the whole, uh, the media has has done a, a, as a job? Strong, high-quality news organizations have tried to be very careful all along on this point. But because TMZ said just a few hours after the alleged attack that this was a Trump supporter attack and it has political connotations, like I said, it became partisan from day one. And when you're looking at those random websites all over the world spreading information, you can, you can end up, uh, or think, having the, this story was able to be uh, weaponized in many different ways. Which tweet? What tweet? Uh, the, about uh, saying that it is a modern-day lynching that... Um, uh, sorry. <laughs> Jesse Smollett. Um, okay, so I will say this about that case. I think that the facts are still unfolding. And now coming back to the beginning. 
Illinois Statutes, Chapter 720, Section 26, Part A, Subsection 6, stipulates any transmission of knowingly false information via 911 is a felony in the state of Illinois. So that's cool. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage today brought to you by our friends over at realestateagentsitrust.com. If you're thinking of buying or selling a home this year, uh, use realestateagentsitrust.com. It's a company started by Glenn Beck and his associates several years ago, frustrated with real estate agents that talked a good game. But in the end, on a further investigation, there was no there there. So if you want to use a real estate agent uh, that has uh, actually been vetted and scrutinized rather than just having his word taken for it, check out the website. Realestateagentsitrust.com uh, is where you will get your home sold for the right price at the timing that you want. Realestateagentsitrust.com. So this story is not unique. It is an escalation of a pattern that is not even new. We'll be talking more about that here uh, later on in this hour during fake news or not. But where this has really escalated is in the last several months. This is the Brett Kavanaugh story. Uh, this, This is... Uh, this is the Covington Catholic story. Um, this is the same story. What I'm going to say next, I want you to understand, um, this isn't meant to be clickbaity. Um, I, I don't say this with any reverie. Um, I, I'm not... I'm not even happy to come to this conclusion. But I'm I'm left with no other conclusion. I I you know, we we've have a long-standing rule on this program that predates Todd and Aaron's presence upon it. Occam's razor is always in effect. So whatever conclusion requires the fewest assumptions the least amount of leaps of faith in order to come to. Or another way of saying it, often the simplest explanation is true. Occam's razor demands that what I'm about to say, we acknowledge. Not because we're happy about it. Not because um, it's, uh, it, it's an attempt to manipulate an audience. But because I think it would be manipulating you to not say it. Actually, you know, we don't believe in false choices on our show. Okay. Uh, We don't believe in automatic shilling or conspiracies. Um, We also don't believe in ignoring self-evident truths just because pointing them out may seem extreme or dangerous. So here it goes. They're doing this because they hate you. This isn't bias. Bias can occur when you are attempting to defeat 
uh, ideas or promote something or even self-promotion and you cut some corners, you look some other ways, you leap to conclusions. You know, it's the old Don Henley song, Dirty Laundry. If it bleeds, it leads. Okay. That's what bias is. And we talked a lot last year about how much of our media on both sides, basically, has devolved into infotainment. We used that term a lot last year. And that, you know, as Frank Luntz, the noted pollster on Fox News, likes to say, most Americans consume media not for information, but for confirmation. Uh, you go to where your tribalistic inklings will be satiated, where you will your itching ears will be scratched, where your tummy will be rubbed, and you will be told, uh, it's the other guy's fault. It's the other's fault that we're in this position. We're victims. That's what everybody wants to be told nowadays. And a lot of careers have been made by telling that to the group that just that particular channel, network, website targets. Um, we oppose all of that. All of it. So I'm not saying this <clears throat> for any tribalistic reason. I'm saying it because it's true. You're dealing with malevolence. This isn't bias. This is malevolence. This is the there, there, this is this is the work of the advanced comms team of an invading army. This is Ministry of Information propagandaist stuff. And I'm I'm talking in a very measured tone rather than my normal fieriness on purpose because I I want to underscore I'm not saying this for effect. That's sulfur you're smelling. Okay? You know, let's not lie to each other about what the truth is when it has made itself plain and obvious to us. Malevolence comes from when you are seeking narratives, false or otherwise, that give you permission to condemn people you wish to conquer. Several years ago, I was speaking at a conference in Washington, D.C., and the speaker ahead of me um, <clears throat> was a nationally known, respected pastor. And he had served in Vietnam. And he was, he was previewing this coming, what we're dealing with right now. And he said he learned in, in a real war the difference between an opponent and an enemy. This is, I mean, this was back in 2013, I think, 14. And this has stuck with me for the last five or six years. He said he learned the difference between an opponent and an enemy. That an opponent wants to defeat you. An enemy wants to end you. They have no interest in sharing space with you unless it's at their price point, which is they own you. What you're watching here is an evolution from opposition to hostility. We talked a lot last year as well about we have two countries in America, the left America and then what's left of America. 
And much of what we call bias now is really the left America broadcasting from its realpolitik, from its premises, from, from its desired outcomes. Well, now you're watching it take the next step in this process, which it is now going to use its platform not to not to just overly promote one viewpoint over another, but to condemn those of you that don't hold their viewpoints. That's what they're going to do. And they're making this plain. And and you can tell by the lack of self-awareness. You can tell by the fact there's not legions of, of professionals in this field demanding the folks that ran with this story that you just saw this. You just saw this with your own eyes. CNN is claiming today that they handled this story responsibly. We played how many clips of Brooke Baldwin from CNN? I've been on Brooke's show several times. Okay, you saw this with your own eyes. Look at the amount of coverage the instant condemnation of the Covington Catholic boys received. And now that they've done an independent investigation and found that the boys did literally nothing wrong, what's the coverage of that by comparison? That's not an accident. Now, what's going to happen in my response to this is some of you hate Donald Trump so much that you're going to point out something he said false. Donald Trump lies all the time. We point that out on this show frequently. He's irrelevant to this conversation. And if if you're going there, that's a you problem. Congratulations, you're a useful idiot. You you are you are playing into their hands, which is to what's happening here is they are using the perception, some of which they have created, by the way, of Donald Trump in order to justify more openly being hostile to you. And congratulations, some of you are playing right into it. Here's your sign. Another group of you will say, yeah, but Fox News. Again, irrelevant to this construct. Fox is doing, by and large, old-fashioned bias to respond to the other old-fashioned bias. Meaning they are, they're doing promotion of another side's argument in response to what they saw as a lack of recognition of that argument, and they're filling a, a space in the market. They're a reactionary construct. But the fact that Diamond and Silk have been on Fox News more than our own Daniel Horowitz, who knows, who's the best policy analyst under 40 in our entire movement, bar none, tells you that Fox really isn't so much interested in, in evangelization. It's interested in capitalization. Okay. Fox is doing the movie Robots. See a need, fill a need. They saw that uh, there was an audience of you that were largely being ignored. And they leapt into the marketplace to fill a niche. But you can tell by the lack and dearth of serious conservative thinkers on that channel. Um, and instead, the, the overt promotion of personalities and clickbaiters and things of that nature... There's always exceptions. We were very friendly to Tuck. That's why we were so friendly to Tucker Carlson broaching this subjects that he had in recent days, because this was a rare substantive debate about something that matters to conservatives on Fox News. 
as opposed to, did you see how uh, the Republican face of the Republican Party today was victimized by Democrat media bias? That's pretty much every other show on Fox. Fox is just doing old-fashioned tribalism. This is different. This is an invading armada, tilling soil, dropping leaflets, dropping pamphlets, doing deconstruction of the opposition. This is, this is different. This is not moral equivalency. And I say that as someone that has probably appeared, name a name, in, in conservative media that you know. And I have probably done more appearances and interviews with these various mainstream liberal media entities than almost any of them have in recent years. It wasn't too long ago I was sitting here urging us to go on offense and use these platforms. We, we can't any longer. In fact, I would urge us to now largely ignore them. The, one of the greatest ways to snuff out a fire is to deny it oxygen. Us continuing to react to them. We're going to give you some numbers later in this show during Pop Culture Tuesday of what the actual viewership is here. You're going to be astonished at what these numbers are. But that's what propaganda does. It makes you think you're dramatically outnumbered. I remember once we did this uh, to the liberals on a campaign I was working on here in Iowa. And we found out um, one of the biggest corporate bigwigs in our state was underwriting a super PAC that was going after one of our conservative state legislators. And here's what we did. We went, he, we found out where he lived. We did this. I'm owning up to it. I helped orchestrate it. We found out where he lived and he lived in a very exclusive cul-de-sac in suburban Des Moines. And what we did like five houses, high rent, Des Moines version of a high rent district. We went to his neighborhood and we lit dropped every home and every car just on that street. Pointing out, hey, did you know your neighbor is supporting these causes? We only did his street. One, we were kind of lazy and didn't really want to go anywhere else. But two, we knew by just doing his street, he would think, crap, man, they've lit dropped the whole neighborhood. Sure enough, what do you think he thought? That we lit dropped the whole neighborhood. We, we just did his cul-de-sac. And he pulled his money from uh, this Democratic super PAC. Now, where do you think we got this idea from? We didn't come up with this on our own. We just saw that they had done this to us numerous times. So we thought it's a pretty good tactic. Let's give it a shot. It worked. That company hasn't given a dime in political dollars to the Democratic Party ever since. That was almost 10 years ago. So what's hap what happens here is they create an echo chamber to convince you that you're isolated, you're alone. And, and we're feeding this now. We're, we're feeding this feedback loop because so much of conservative media is reacting to the agenda they set and counter-trolling it. So we're, 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 oxy we're giving it oxygen. And we're letting it into our bloodstream, into our jet stream. And every minute we spend responding to this is a moment we don't spend taking our ideas and values to the American people. That's also, that's all part of the plan. This isn't stupidity. Um, you're not, no one is this consistently dumb. No one is. 
No one is. Uh, this isn't bias. It's malfeasance. And we should start looking at this like we would, you know, you often will see me tweet things from a, an account called Memory, M-E-M-R-I. And what they do is just live feeds of what gets broadcast to the Muslim world, raw and unadulterated. We should look at it like that. Like you're, like you're watching broadcast from a hostile worldview in like Iran or Yemen. I'm dead. I'm not kidding. When I uh, look, put the camera on me, Aaron. Look at me in the eye when I say this to you. I'm not freaking kidding about this. I'm as serious as a heart attack. You should only consume this if you're doing recon on an enemy hostile government. Because that's how they see you. Todd. Well, which begs the obvious question, Sean Connery. What are you prepared to do? You you must view your place uh, as a citizen surrounded by such propaganda um, much differently on some level. Your your protection of your gated community or your oceans writ large as a country. Well, the, if the enemy is living and planting their flag daily between those oceans, how you pr- proceed. What you have to understand about what it means to go on offense so that you continue to have the luxury of your gated community, it it, it simply must change. Uh, you know, listen, this is this is not a new narrative Steve is talking about. I mean, both of us have come to you with uh, experience we gleaned working for the Des Moines Register at different times uh, where both of our careers— Steve's with a, a column that was given and taken away. Mine with a, a job uh, after an assault where uh, I, I was simply not believed and they were hoping I was going to go the way of the dodo. We have given you every possibility of thinking this through. Theoretically, our own personal experience, what we see on the news every day, funny uh, pseudo t-shirts like journalism is magical and not at all broken. But here it is now in this moment. I, I simply want to echo what Steve is saying. That's not remotely hyperbolic. And Steve, to his credit, in, in many times when I've been the one who has been really pushing these buttons, Steve has played devil's advocate because he's, uh, A, it's not his job. A, B, he was right to go into those uh, dens of iniquity and do the best to try to redeem them. But listen, that, that time is no more. Here we stand. You are regularly being lied to. The lives you live are held in contempt. And there's legions of examples throughout human history of what comes next for you and your children if you do not take this threat seriously. Yeah, they're not even lying to you anymore. They're lying about you now. You're a caricature to them. You're... you're, um, and they've just they've they're they're making this transition because they've decided that if you will not believe their lies, then they will attempt to crush you with them. That's they, why I bring up our personal example. They yes. did that to both of us. Yeah. Homeowners beware! A data breach just exposed twenty four million of you potentially to home title fraud, a crime that could cost you your home, 
If you've got a mortgage, a refi, or a HELOC, that's a home equity line of credit through a major bank, the breach may have put you at risk of losing every dollar of equity you've built up in your home, possibly the home itself. Now, your bank won't protect you, even identity theft protection, which you should have, by the way. Uh, it won't protect you either, but home title lock for just pennies a day will. They'll put a virtual barrier around your home's title, and they'll make sure if they sense any sinister activity whatsoever, they will jump to make sure to help you protect the most valuable asset almost any American will ever have the luxury of, of acquiring, and that is their own home. If you want to learn more or find out if your home's already been targeted, you can get a free title scan and report today just for being a member of our family at The Blaze by visiting HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Where, where was the apology on Good Morning America today? I don't recall seeing one. Yeah, was Didn't was watch. was there one? Breaking, Steve. Breaking. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, I, I think we the topic du jour today is Malia uh, Obama and uh, John Wayne quotes from like fifty years ago. Yeah, you you want to know something? I found out about the Malia Obama thing because conservative media was all over my yep. feed defending her privacy. Yeah. And then I, there was, that's why I found out about like, it. Conservative media yes. pounces. Yeah, and all I saw was conservative media people. Even even like click servity hacks in, in in our ranks were like uh, she's an adult private citizen. This is really none of our business. And why did why would we expect the daughter of the former president from the other party to like the president of the other party who replaced her dad? Why would I mean that's not news, okay? But this again, the desire to cast you immediately in the most negative light possible. You do this to people you want to end that you have decided you can't share space with any longer. Coming up here in a matter of moments, fake news or not, as we continue along the themes we've uh, discussed uh, in the la- in the first half hour of the program. But first, now's the time when Aaron must humble brag. You know, we are setting records here in Iowa and other places around the Midwest for snowfall, or at least uh, not setting records, but um, we are above average, well above average with no- more snow on the uh, on the way tonight, which means a lot of people are stuck inside trying to figure out what to do with themselves. I was uh, this weekend as well. Well, that's mostly because I'm a shut-in, but I was this weekend as well, so I got out my uh, iTarget Pro system for a little while and started uh, hacking away at that, and it is uh, cool. It's as cool as the first day that I opened it, and it's also helping me become a better shot with my uh, handgun. If you would like this as well, and I've heard from a ton of people, uh, Todd and Steve, who have gotten this because they heard uh, these messages on our show you know, if uh, if you've gotten one as well, let me know. Let others know how much you like it as well. Would really appreciate it. Now, if you haven't heard about iTarget, uh, it is a, a a system that utilizes your smartphone. Their proprietary app tracks a caliber-specific laser, which fits your firearm and will detect exactly where your shots are landing. iTarget Pro is completely safe. Comes with your caliber-specific laser target system and instructions so you can begin training immediately. So you can take that tax return if you're getting one this year and go to the letter itargetpro.com. Check out the video, choose your caliber, and download the app so you're ready when the system arrives. This month you can still get 10% off 
plus free shipping with the offer code Steve when you purchase the iTarget Pro system. Save money, save time, and take your skill to the next level safely and effectively. That's the letter iTargetPro.com, offer code Steve, iTargetPro.com. So this week's fake news or not, I want to show you, uh, and, and we're only going to scratch the surface of what this independent journalist uh, uncovered. But this is the most devastating thread I've ever seen on Twitter. And Jeffrey Nago, I'd not heard of him prior to this weekend. Andy. Uh, Andy Nago, thank you. Uh, and I will tell you, he's, uh, he's uh, verified on Twitter. Uh, he's an independent journalist who appears to be, from the research I did on a you know surface level, um, appears to be independently funded via uh, crowdsourcing uh, sites like Patreon and others. But what you're going to see in his Twitter thread that I'm going to share only the basic level of it with you is that he has independent verification for each and every one of these. Okay. So I'm going to just take, walk you through these for the next few minutes and we're going to reserve comment until we get to the end. Okay. Right after Donald Trump's election, uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center really stoked panic. A pro-gay Episcopal church in Indiana was vandalized with Heil Trump, a swastika and an anti-gay slur. Turns out it was the gay organ player who did it. He was only charged with a misdemeanor. Source, Indianapolis Star. Days after the Pittsburgh massacre, Trump supporters were blamed for Nazi vandalism at a Brooklyn synagogue and fires in a Jewish community. Turns out the perpetrator was a gay black man who had worked with the city council on an initiative to fight hate crimes. That's from the local CBS affiliate in New York. One week before the presidential election, a black church in Mississippi was burned in an arson attack. Vote Trump was written on the building. After much panic, uh, an investigation revealed the man responsible was a church member, black church member named Andrew McClinton. That was from the Washington Post. In November 2016, a Muslim student at the University of Louisiana said two white racist Trump supporters brutally assaulted her, ripped off her hijab, and robbed her. The story went viral. It was a lie. Media never identified her by name after the hoax was revealed. Uh, that source is from the Lafayette, Louisiana Police Department. I remember that Trump and his supporters were blamed for a spate of anti-Semitic KKK and Nazi graffiti on the campus of Nassau Community College on Long Island in late 2016. But the student who was actually responsible was Jessica Saini. Uh, that's according to the ABC affiliate in New York City. In December 2016, a Muslim woman said she was attacked by three white Trump supporters in New York City on the subway. She said they tried to rip off her hijab. Yasmin Sawide lied. Care uh, said Muslims are under tremendous, uh, quote, stress and pressure resulting in incidents like this. Again, this was debunked by The New York Times. In September 2018, a black woman in Long Island said Trump supporters confronted her and told her, quote, she didn't belong here. Her car tire was slashed the next day and a hateful note was left behind saying, quote, go home. Adwa Lewis made up the whole story, according to the NBC affiliate in New York. In November 2018, students at Goucher College demanded social justice training in safe spaces after racist Nazi and KKK graffiti was found on campus. Someone even wrote the names of black students. Trump was blamed. Finn Arthur, a black student, was actually responsible, according to the Baltimore Sun. 
In 2017, St. Olaf College was roiled by mass protests in response to anti-black notes found across campus. Class was even canceled, and the administration caved to student demands. But an investigation found that Samantha Wells, a black victim of one of the notes, fabricated the entire incident. That's according to the Minneapolis Star Tribune. In November 2016, a Philadelphia neighborhood was rattled when properly when property was vandalized with pro-Trump and anti-black messages. William Tucker was identified as the vandal through actual crime footage. He's black. That's according to local Philadelphia newspaper, Philly Voice. In November 2016, a black, a black female student at Villanova University, uh, the one in Pennsylvania, said a group of white men yelling, Trump, knocked her to the ground on campus. However, a police and university investigation was halted because the student didn't want to pursue the matter. That's from the Philadelphia Inquirer. In November 2017, near Kansas State University, a black man's car was vandalized with racist messages. Class was canceled and students held demonstrations. Dontarius Williams later admitted to police, though, that he did it all himself. And yet, the police did not charge him. That's according to Kansas.com. In autumn 2018 at K-State University, a note was left on an apartment that read, Beware and bombs live here. Knock at your own risk. The victim admitted to police that they did it themselves. This was the second time they had fabricated a hate incident on campus in two years. The actual person who fabricated it, though, was never formally identified. Again, that's according to Kansas.com. University of Michigan student uh, Hallie Bass told police a Trump supporter attacked her by scratching her face in November 2016. She said she was targeted for wearing a pin in support of UK Remain. That means don't uh, obey Brexit. As her story fell apart, she admitted she did the scratches herself. That's according to MLive.com. Who remembers when Trump was blamed for the spate of death threats to the Jewish community centers across the U.S.? Juan Thompson, a reporter who worked for The Intercept, was convicted for the hoax threats and other offenses. That was according to the United States Justice Department. 2016, Muslim students at the University of Michigan, a Muslim student at the University of Michigan, claimed she was attacked by a white man who threatened to burn her hijab. It never happened. Kerr said the attack is, quote, just the latest anti-Muslim incident reported since the election of Donald Trump as president, unquote. The story was totally debunked by the Detroit Free Press. One day after the 2016 election, Alicia Long, a student at Bowling Green in Ohio, said that white males wearing Trump shirts threw rocks at her and hurled racial slurs. Alleged incident sparked rage on campus. University even hosted a town hall to deal with student concerns. But it turns out, according to the ABC affiliate there in Ohio, Long made the whole story up. On election night, Canadian Chris Ball said he was beaten by anti-gay Trump supporters in Santa Monica. His friend shared a photo on social media. Police said he never filed a report, didn't ever go into any hospitals in the area, as he claimed. In April 2017, Curtis Flournoy of Charlotte set an immigrant business on fire and left a note saying, Trump is our nation builder for white America. When the actual camera footage showed the perpetrator was black, some sites said it was a white Trump supporter in disguise. That's according to the Charlotte Observer. 
November 2016, students at Williams College dumped fake blood on campus and wrote, AMKKK kill. Campus police notified the FBI and state police, but the investigation found that the perpetrators did it to bring attention to the effects of the presidential election. What's your point? (laughs) This thread doesn't end here. It goes on and on and on. Now, I work in the media. I'm more informed than the average bear. I had not previously heard of most of those stories. Some of you will say, Steve, do you think your comments on the media were too harsh given that it was a lot of mainstream media sources that debunked these stories? You have it backwards. What generates more attention? The charge or the debunking of said charge? The fact that a a charge can immediately get such huge play and then the investigation comes? Uh, 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 white kids uh, uh, scream and yell uh, and uh, are disrespectful to a Vietnam vet. Uh, you know, served his country in Vietnam. Never actually went to Vietnam. Just was in the military during Vietnam, but never went. And multiple times and in multiple interviews, when this was, this was accredited to him, he never corrected the record once. I can tell you, I've known a lot of soldiers. I married an army brat. My father-in-law is the, you know, he, he spent 20 plus years in the 101st Airborne. My wife graduated from Fort Campbell, Kentucky High School. You know what they think in that community about exaggerating your service record? Uh, it's, uh, no, 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 no. You get this guy, proud vet, just stood there and let the media do it for him for days. Until one of them finally decided, oh, hey, we should look into this. See, here's the thing. This is ready, fire, aim for a reason. Because they already believe these things about you and they want them confirmed. That's why. And that's always why the correction. I remember the case of the, of the, of the Muslim woman at the University of Michigan before the election. I remember that. That was all over the news. I never heard the debunking of it at all. These are, I didn't use, by the way, you know, there's a, there's a reason why I used this man's thread for all these debunkings, because there's no, there's no Laura Loomers or Alex Joneses and Laura Loomers, not the same thing as Alex Jones. But my point is there's no one in there that with any kind of, you know, they're debunking their own BS. But they always make sure, man, that's way in the back. And here's the other thing too. They're debunking their own BS. And yet there is not a rising within their ranks, a movement of people who say, dude, I want the Democrats to win too, but we have to have some credibility and integrity here. We can't keep doing this. No such self-awareness exists. So you have two options. You can come to the conclusion, this is collective psychosis. These people are mind-numbed. That's a pretty fanciful notion, if you ask me. Or you can take the most obvious conclusion. They don't care. Because they 
don't care about you and me. And they just want to be able to have all of their assumptions justified. And when they're not, they'll usually get around to telling you that somewhere. Like, Good Morning America is never going to apologize. Somebody else will do it. Somebody else in mainstream media, CBS This Morning or somebody, will do some counter story on Jesse Smollett. Apparently, he's one hell of an actor when you look at the sociopathic way he was so convincing in that interview with Robin Roberts. But there's a reason they keep jumping to these conclusions. Because it's who they think you are or it's who they want you to be. Either way, the outcome of that belief or projection is the same. This isn't bias. It's hatred. It's malevolence. Now, gentlemen, now that we've run down that laundry list, your reactions to it. Yeah, I think um, most people listening or watching us right now uh, probably don't consume these um, these these media sources, at least on a on a regular basis. So I think the question becomes, what can we learn about this that will actually be uh, relevant to how we live our lives? And there is one thing, and we talk about uh, never going to jail for for tax evasion. There's another way to say that as well. But before I, I talk about that, I think we said when Kavanaugh uh, was going down, that fiasco was going down, that if they'll do what they did to Kavanaugh, to a Supreme Court justice nominee, they'll do it to anyone. Lo and behold, they did it to anyone. They did it to Nick Sandman and say what you want about how the rest of the group was acting as well. Um, they will do it to you. Yes. Now, the, another way to thinking about do, not going to, to jail for tax evasion when it comes to this public sphere and how we live as Christians, and it's a concept that we've talked about on this show before, it is living beyond approach, being blameless. When we look at these instances, it is clear they have no intent about getting any of our character right, getting any of your, your uh, integrity uh, right nailed down properly in its proper context. Meaning, if you are living beyond reproach, which we all should be if we purport the name of Jesus, if you, even if you live beyond reproach, they will lie about you if they get the chance. Should this does this mean though that there's no point in 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 trying to live uh, blamelessly? Uh, absolutely not. We are in engaged in a spiritual battle here. They will come for you someday, and I don't think that's hyperbole to say. I'm not trying to. Again, I, it's not hyperbole. They will come for you someday. More likely than not, at the rate that we're going. Make them make the choice that they have to lie about you. Mm-hmm. That is that is the real battle that we are in, because someday they're going to be blameless too. Um, so that's that's again that's the takeaway because most of our audience never consumes these, and we'll talk about that more in the next uh, in the next hour for Pop Culture Tuesday, I believe. Uh, most of our audience doesn't doesn't consume these news networks. So the real battle is, are we living blamelessly? Are we going to make them work to lie about us? Or are, this, or are we going to make their jobs easier? That's, I think that's the takeaway. That's the lesson that we need to have. Well, you know else, who else they don't care about? Because we're talking about the pathology of the hive mind here. They don't care about uh, Smollett. They, they, he, he did them a favor and embraced 
the type. They don't care about the individual. They don't care about the black man. They but what he did with all the bleaching and the he basically transed himself. He transed himself out of the individual into the collective. He became part of the Borg, so he was useful to them. But if he's an individual on any level with any stray thoughts that go any other way other than the way they want him to, no, no, no. So they don't care about him either. He's a useful idiot to them, and now he can be discarded. Next one in. If you are thinking of uh, replacing your carpets, maybe you got pets, too many stains, um, you know what? Before you do that, because that's an expensive proposition, try Genesis 950 with water. It breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they are gone for good. It's got an antibacterial component that removes pet stains and odors from the carpeting, but also it gets down into the padding too. Um, and it can be used to clean your entire house, bathrooms, kitchens, floors, even those nice granite countertops. So if you're tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it's time to buy Genesis 950. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 can make up to seven gallons of cleaner. So order it direct right now at Genesis950.com. Genesis950.com. Before you go all in on that major purchase for the new carpet, give it a shot. You've got nothing to lose, all right? Uh, And you'll you'll also receive a free spray bottle and and discount using code BLAZE at checkout. So free spray spray bottle and a discount using code BLAZE at at checkout at Genesis950.com. That's Genesis950.com. We'll come back. The Benham Brothers are going to join us to lead off our number two right here on The Blaze next. Hey, we're back here live and on demand on The Blaze. I am Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. 888-933-93 is the number. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. And if you are listening to us today on a podcast, if you have time to leave us a five-star review, hit that subscribe button. We would appreciate it. Thanks to all of you that have already done so. Coming up a little bit later on in this hour, uh, this week's edition of Pop Culture Tuesday. We'll have a guest or a couple of guests joining us here in just a matter of moments. But hey, when was the last time you had your ears professionally cleaned? You know, this time of year in particular, that can be a real issue. We had another panicked Kurt Schilling, didn't we, this morning, Aaron, on We Talk Sports and we taped that show. It amazes me that this guy literally went out and pitched one of the most famous games in baseball history with his ankle falling off. But But when we go to start the show, if he can't hear... Hang on, hang on, guys. Panic. Hang on. Sheer panic. Panic. All right, it's just like, I, mean, I had no idea the, that the setup here at the Blaze was more pressure than Fenway game four of an October classic. And you know what it always is? It's never, has it been a technical difficulty yet once? Not, no. No, every time. What, what is it every single time? Earwax. Earwax. Every Earwax time. in the IFB. Yeah, every time he can't hear, it's never... We've had show. We've had days where we were delayed because he. we were literally watching him on all fours under his desk, yep. moving plug. I'm, I'm not making any of this up. And then he gets back, he gets back up and Aaron's like, uh, did you clear the earwax off your earpiece? And then he's like, oh. See, don't let that happen to you. All right, check out, check out 
WaxRx because you can use it now without a prescription, no more long doctor visits, uh, expensive trips to the doctor as well. All of this done a professional cleaning in the comfort and convenience of your own home. You can try WaxRx risk-free today. Just go to usewaxrx.com and use the offer code radio at checkout for free shipping. That's usewaxrx.com, usewaxrx.com and use that offer code radio at checkout for free shipping. Now you should know and I, you know, Todd recently took over the the guest booking duties here on the show. Um, and, and one of the things I told him, if he wanted to improve upon Aaron's performance in this area. Which is a low bar. Yeah, always. Um, we, we, we needed to up the ante of the attractiveness of our guest. I mean, it is a video. It's a visual format. Now, he came to me a week ago and said, hey, I think these guys, you know, they're kind of homely. But... You know, I really think they got something compelling that the audience should hear. You know, can we make a couple of exceptions for these guys? You know, if you don't mind, if we do a little UGLY, you know, because, you know, the truth is a beautiful thing. And I said, you know what, for the truth here, I'll make an exception. So I just want to apologize in advance uh, for the homeliness of our guest here today. Uh, The Benham brothers are joining us now here live in the blaze. Uh, Gentlemen, how are you? We are doing very well. This guy's the homely one, not me. That's the craziest introduction we've ever been given. But you know what? I, bravo. Hats off to you, Steve. Well, it was a it was a not very clever attempt to mask my own masculine insecurities uh, with sharing a right. camera with you guys by uh, using humor as a self defense mechanism. And I'm not quite sure that I pulled it off. So let's just move on uh, and talk about you guys' uh, new book, yeah. Bold and Broken. Let's start. I always like to start with authors and the title. All right. Becoming the bridge between heaven and earth is the subtitle. But the the title, Bold and Broken, what is because when I write a book, I take the title and what we are going to call it like really seriously, you know. So what does the title mean to you guys? Let's start there. Okay. well, you would know that we need to stand boldly in this culture. And what David and I have found, especially since we were fired from HGTV about five years ago, when you stand boldly. There are ditches on both sides of the road. Mm. On the one side, boldness apart from brokenness makes a bully. And what we mean by brokenness is simply being submitted to God in a spirit of humility. Our dad used to say, only the horses broken by the master are fit to pull the king's chariot. And so we say broken, you're submitted to God. So if you're not submitted to God and and, and you're not operating according to the Holy Spirit and love for people— then you're going to end up as a bully on one side of the ditch. But the other side of the ditch, Steve, and this is where a lot of Christians find themselves today, uh, brokenness apart from boldness makes you a bystander. Mm. So on one side of the ditch, you're a bully. On the other side of the ditch, you could be a bystander. And this is where a lot of the people in the church are today. But what David and I wrote, wrote this book for was to teach people and show people through story that if your boldness is fueled by your brokenness, which is submission to God, you become a bridge that connects heaven to earth. You're a bridge. You're not a bully. You're not a bystander. And uh, that's why we wrote the book. It sounds like what you guys are trying to do is deconstruct a false choice, which is this notion that I, I have to obtain a certain level of moral perfection before... I am qualified to stand up for what I believe in. And, and you know, in, within the Christian worldview, 
specific offices of authority within the kingdom do, do require that because of the responsibility that goes with it, all right? So we're not talking about an ecclesiastical order. We're, we're talking about just the average person. This notion that I have to obtain a certain level of moral superiority, otherwise I have no case to make. What I hear you guys saying is it, it's actually the, your recognition that you lack that moral superiority, that you require a redemptive element to give you strength you otherwise don't have. Sharing that level of brokenness with other people makes what you have more relatable to them because they're probably thinking, well, God won't love me or accept me unless I reach this level of moral standing first and foremost anyway, so why even try? That's exactly right. And at the heart of that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yet when the cross comes in and bridges that gap between heaven and earth, Jesus taught us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And his cross uh, is the ultimate bridge. So we don't have to reach moral superiority in our lives. It's the cross of Jesus Christ. However, he now uses us, his church, the believers— to continue the connection. He wants us to continue to stand boldly for his truth. You know, we look at society today and we see the moral and spiritual unraveling right before our very eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we write multiple chapters about things like this. And how can we, in very simple, practical ways, connect heaven to earth for people? Because I'll tell you this, Steve, the statistics are clear. The next generation of young people in this country right now, anxiety, depression, drug addiction, suicide is their biggest killer. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we have destabilized the environment of what it means to be a boy, what it means to be a girl, what it means to be a man or a woman, human sexuality and that incredible gift that God has given to us. We've destabilized marriage. We're destabilizing life in the womb. You name it, we're destabilizing destabilizing it. Even civil conversations in the midst of a political disagreement and so the anxiety is just gripping these kids. And now, unfortunately, the church has got to capture now this moment and speak the truth, speak it in love and say, look, all of us are sinners. All of us have fallen short of God's glory, but his gift bridges that gap. And we want to now step in and help continue that connection. Why do you guys think so difficult For those of us, I mean, if you are a Christian, then the recognition of your shortcomings, the admission of your mistakes, of your failures, um, to, to, to fulfill the potential that God, um, had, has planned for your life is the first step. You know, if you go back to the 95 theses, you could essentially sum up Luther's, um, introduction with all of the Christian life as a life of repentance. So, why is it so hard for us to say, hey, I'm struggling here, or here's where I failed in the past, and, 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 and here's where God delivered me. You know, I need accountability here. Or, you know, when I get stressed out, when, when I'm disappointed, I want to retreat to blank too. Why is it so difficult for us to go there? And what you're seeing really is, is now paganism, and I'm using that word on purpose, Paganism is now occupying that space with shamelessness now, 
where now I now I parade my mistakes and errors. Now I parade my failures out and I should be celebrated for them. I should be exalted for them. Um, and, and so now we've gone to being so ashamed on, within the Christian community. I think we're so ashamed of when we fail that we're not relatable to people by being honest about it, that now shamelessness, pagan shamelessness, I think is kind of filling that void now, which just only encourages people to make even more destructive choices than they were making before. Well, and, and what we're seeing now, when, when paganism gets to a certain height, Leslie Newbegin wrote a book called Foolishness to the Greeks, and he said, I, I loved his quote, and this was decades ago, he said, America's not shifting from Christian uh, to secular. That happened years ago. Mm-hmm. Today, America is shifting from secular to pagan. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is when paganism is at its height, when we remove the fear of the Lord, we remove godlessness, and Christians aren't bold with a voice of truth, what happens is sin is exposed for the purpose of destruction, not for the purpose of restoration. And we're seeing that even now. I mean, we, we saw this whole debacle with the Kavanaugh uh, hearing. That, that was just really craziness. And, you know, millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of men were watching that and saying, man, if this guy got in trouble when he was 17 and now they're eviscerating him for that, uh, whether he did it or not, Man, I'm not going to tell anybody about my. I'm not going to open up and mm-hmm. be vulnerable in my uh, with with what I've struggled with, and and that's the problem is that paganism exposes sin for the purpose of destroying an individual. But God, when He exposes sin, when He allows us to get our sin exposed, it's for the purpose of restoration, restoration of the marriage, restoration of the relationships that you've hurt, restoration of the financial situation that you've damaged, or whatever that may be. And we write a chapter in the book called Flawed and Faithful, how when you are vulnerable and open about your own struggles with sin and broken over that, now you're submitted to God, how he can then take you and make you a bold witness for him. You guys talk about there are stories you share along these lines in the book. Um, do you share any of your own stories? Uh, you know, let the audience kind of, um, the reader, go behind the curtain, so to speak, uh, of what it's of, of of what it's like with just your own lives. Oh, we absolutely do, and we've shared several new stories that we didn't put. Now, this is our fourth book. We didn't put a lot of these stories weren't in any of our first books, and then we also give a a couple behind the scene looks at some things that were going on in our own hearts back when we were fired by HGTV, and I could, can just remember just so vividly how. Just before we were fired by HGTV, there was a a car that pulled up in front of the set, and it was these two uh, young ladies that were in the car, and they were wearing flannels, and they looked extremely angry, the kind of type that David and I have seen at some of these protests before, and we knew that they were there to scout out to see, you know, if if the Benham brothers were really getting this show, and I remember the experience of fear inside of me, and I went and told David, and he felt the same thing, and both of us knew that we had a whole day of shooting here, and we knew that we were being spied on uh, by the left, I guess. And mm-hmm. so we uh, I remember that feeling of fear. We both went behind the shed in the backyard of the house where we were filming, and we got down on our knees and said, God, we're scared to death. Like, why are we so scared? You know, because we're here, sissies. <laughs> here Elijah was. He stood against 850 men, you know, who came in the spirit of Baal. And it, then Elijah ran from one person who came in the spirit of Jezebel. And so here David and I felt like we were ready to run. But after we got on our knees and we prayed behind that shed in that backyard, God deposited a verse 
to us. And he said, a wise man scales the wall of the mighty and tears down the stronghold in which they trust. And I remember standing up from that with a new sense of courage, like, you know, God, you're in this. Like, whatever happens with our show will happen. We know that ultimately what you're doing is tearing down strongholds in people's life. And if David and I need to be, need to be a part of that and become demonized in order to get out there so that people will listen to our voice as we tear down that stronghold that keeps people captive, then so be it. But we're going to live for you. But you know what? For about an hour there, Steve, that was not very fun. It was very scary, but uh, God got us through it. Final question, guys. Someone that's listening right now, and they may feel inspired. They may say, you know, I want to make a difference. Where would you advise them to start? What does that process look like? Because, you know, what we have really, we have a similar false choice, I think, in a lot of American churches where we have a, we have a, a, you know, churches that are really good at community outreach, for example, um, may have some of the most shallow theology at the same time. And so really you're kind of just doing do-gooderism. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, and, and by the way, it's good to do good, but there's no end point to it. It doesn't, you're not pointing to anything other than, hey, I feel real good about the fact I was nice to somebody less off, you know, than me. Uh, and then you have a lot of churches in America, I've noticed that I think are really good at theology, but in terms of application, now, therefore, go and blank, you know, and so it just kind of becomes a theoretical exercise. So if someone is, has been listening to our conversation here today and they want to be practical, but with the right purpose in mind, what advice would you give them to get started? Well, I would say if we're talking to believers, you've got to remember Christ's words to many of the Pharisees. He said, look, you tithe your dill, mint, and cumin, but you're forsaking the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and righteousness. And what Jesus was saying there was like, you're doing some good things, but you're neglecting what's most important. And what's most important is justice, it's mercy, and it's righteousness, being in right relationship with God. And what David and I would say to believers today is that you've got to recognize there are some things that are more important than other things. Steve, you said it perfectly when you said the whole do-gooderism. And there's a lot of do-gooder things out there. Jesus said you need to keep doing those things, you know, tithing your dill, mint, and cumin, but you need to start going after justice, mercy, and acts of righteousness. And so there are some things that are unjust that are taking place in America right now. When you look at what happened in New York and then the governor in Virginia with the whole pro-life issue. Look, we as believers have a moral responsibility to stand up in, in a spirit of justice and mercy for those kids who don't have a voice. And then let me say real quick, we wrote 28 chapters in this book and all 28 chapters are practical ways and stories of how people can be a bridge that connects heaven to earth. And, and they're inspiring stories. And it's not just us. We tell several stories about us, our wives also. We have other leaders from across the country that we added in and let them tell some of their stories. And it's very, it's very vulnerable. It's behind the veil. Um, we let you into some of our own sinful struggles, especially his. Um, but 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 what what it'll do is it will inspire the readers to say, you know what, man, if these guys struggled with that, then I can be used by God. And it always starts right here in our own heart. Then it goes into our homes and then flows into our businesses and our communities and ultimately the nation. Name of the book, Bold and Broken, Becoming the Bridge Between Heaven and Earth, David and Jason Benham. Guys, how do you want people to get the book? What's the best way? 
The best way right now is you need to buy it. Go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, wherever books are sold, and uh, that'll beef our numbers up. And, you know, hey, listen, we're not in Steve Deese's category for bestseller, but I think you're going to like the book. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and, you know, I'm better looking than you guys, too. But, you know, we've all got our, we've all got our CrossFit to bear. Good to see you guys. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you. All right, take care. Uh, our conversation uh, with the Benham Brothers uh, brought to you by... This is a good segue. Brickhouse Nutrition, all right? All natural supplements. This is a good way to trick your kids into drinking their vegetables when most Americans do not get their daily serving of vegetables. But now through Field of Greens, we can do something about that, complete with all the antioxidants, the immunity boost, uh, everything prebiotic and probiotic you need as well. Uh, and this is done the way nature intended. You're going to turn it over and it's going to say nutrition facts, not supplement facts, because it's made from and with real food. And it doesn't have 7,000 ingredients, and you can't pronounce or spell 6,999 of them. Uh, Brickhouse Nutrition is a physician-oriented, directed, overseen company. So this is done the way nature and the creator intended, and it tastes really good, too. I'm a frequent user of this product. So if you want to try it for yourself, BrickhouseSteve.com, where you can try Field of Greens today at BrickhouseSteve.com, and use offer code Steve for your first order at BrickHouseSteve.com. Gentlemen, your thoughts on our conversation with the Benham Brothers? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm struck by how much um, it got me thinking about the Facebook post uh, today uh, on um, uh, on Steve Dace's um, uh, page. I put up there a conversation about, I wanted to hear what you had to think about uh, Kirsten Powers. You know, we've been hard on her uh, lately. Before that, uh, we uh, pro- gave her props uh, for the, the book she wrote about uh, a bias. But she left Twitter a couple weeks ago because she just says it's too hostile. She came back uh, this weekend and kind of gave a, a an apology about how on this very thing she said i was really really bold lately but i she, i'm paraphrasing but she's basically saying i in in ripping on people the covington kids in particular i kind of forgot my own brokenness uh and that made me way too brazen and going in and taking scalps and ultimately she just said she she was an atheist who became a catholic and she said this uh, mike i needed to reflect on my christian witness so uh i this book is not theoretical uh in real time uh there's an application to be had right there there's a lot of different takes on our facebook page about whether people believe her or not um but whether we can believe her or not probably means we need to look at our own lives and are we striking this balance between bold and broken so we've already used this phrase throughout the course of the conversation today with the david and jason the question of whether we believe her or not, I think, is a false choice. Because, by, you know, you know a tree by its fruit. Her willingness to take this step away, her willingness to have some level of self-awareness and self-reflection, and, there, and then to share it with humility with others in public, indicates one of two things. She's either a sociopath, like, you know, smell it on Good Morning America, okay? Who sounded so convincing when the whole thing was a lie the whole time. Or she is absolutely sincere. So, But here's the thing. Here's, here, here's the... Lord liar lunatic territory, yes, dare I say. Believers should not sit around and guess whether other believers are sincere 
What they should do is pray for them to follow through. To This is a relationship. It's a process. It's not an equation. It's not a, it's not a math thing. It's not it's, an art either. Yeah, it, it's not an algorithm. Okay? This is a, what's going to happen is after spending weeks away from this, Kirsten Power is going to go to work at CNN and be surrounded by a whole bunch of people and a business model that's going to encourage her to abandon everything she is trying to reconnect with. Our goal as believers, and this is where, you know, I go back, to, not to pit my own book here, I'll do that again in a minute, but this is again, are we partisans or are we patriots? Partisans sit around and say, I don't know if I believe or not. Well, I mean, it sounds, I'm not, no, 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 no. Patriots are like, you know what, man, you threw out a fleece. If you know what, you stay on that path as best you can. I got your back, man. I'm with you on that. See, we should be encouraging one another to stay on the road. That goes with what David was saying a minute ago, where you're just the bystanders on the side of the road going, well, I don't know if they're going to stay on the road or not. We're not, this isn't a play by play, you know, game exercise. We're supposed to be walking this road with her as a fellow traveler, whether we agree with all of her conclusions and opinions or not. And the encouragement should be to get to, to keep to stay on the road. And then when she goes off the road or any of us do say, hey, dude, you're off the road. All right. I, 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 you're on the wrong road here, bro. You know, th- that's the thing. It's she there's this it's she's not supposed to be on her own. There's a large cloud of witnesses, like the writer in the book of Hebrews says. This is a universal body of believers. So this idea that we're out here autonomously as free agents, that's a pagan notion. Okay, so this is, this is where we should be encouraging her. Hey, remember when you said, and when she starts to slip, and you know what? I, there's a reason I said when and not if. Why? Because she's a human being. So she's going to. When she starts to slip and drift, hey, remember when? Hey, we're here to get back on that road. You know, I think that's the idea of what will she do? Um, like we're ready to pounce or we're just immediately ready to, to just automatically act like all of her other unprofessionalism never happened. That's all a false choice. You know, she's either a sociopath or very sincere. And we actually may play a role in which of those outcomes right. it is Preach. by the by the relational nature of our faith, by the willingness to support and sometimes support requires an admonishment, but by the relationship to support one another. He's talking about the prodigal story. Yeah. She's she's telling you there's I, I've used this word a lot recently. There's humility in her statement. I didn't say finality. I didn't say finality. I will promise you Kirsten Powers is going to disappoint you again. And I can promise you I will disappoint you again. I may have already done it today. Okay? So we're not talking about finality. We're, we're, we're talking about humility and the willingness to take a step back and take a step away. You know, I practiced a little of it earlier today. It just didn't sound like it because you have a pagan notion of what the word means. And so you thought to me, humility means, you know, I'm, I'm just really, I'm really not, I'm really down on myself and I'm not right. That's a Steven Weber comedic routine. That's not humility. Okay. Um, when I told you earlier in this show, I've spent the last couple of years admonishing some of my other conservative media people 
for ignoring these media outlets and not taking up up, up on opportunities to go there and share. And now I'm at the point where I, as much as I hate to say it, I was wrong. There's no point in doing, there's no point in this engagement, dust sandal time. Humility is not a tone. It's not a temperament. It's a spirit. Okay. That was an, that was an act of humility. I was saying I was, I, I was, I made an error. I'd, I had to sit back and reassess what I was advising us to do as a movement. And you know what? It wasn't right. You know, it wasn't right. So don't get all caught up in the tone, temperament. Well, you didn't sound like that with loving, or you didn't sound like you can't. No. Okay. Spend far more time on the merit of what you're saying than the way and method in which you're saying it. First, start with the merit of what you're saying and then concern yourself with the methodology of saying it. Because you can say complete and total horse bleep and the method of saying is great and then you're a heretic leading people to hell like Rob Bell. Or you can say things that maybe don't always sound the greatest but maybe sound a lot very pugilistic. Or, and then you could be Martin Luther who had played as large of a role in the changing of Western civilization for all of us myriad of faults as any human being in the last 600 years. Start with the merit of what I want to say and then worry about the method. We have it backwards. We want to focus so much on how you say something. It's not what you say or how you, is it what you say or how you say it? Yes. Another false choice. Another false choice. So, don't sit around waiting to, let's find out what Kirsten Power will do. No. You know, you ought to say a prayer for a woman that showing, she's going to walk, she's already telling you, my previous yeah. progressive atheist yep. political beliefs clouded my Christian witness, and I had to acknowledge that. That's an incredible statement yes, of repentance. The, I would say, guys, it, proof uh, of, about what Steve said. Don't spend your time trying to figure out whether this was sincere. The fact that she was willing to show public contrition at all, I would say, is is uh, evidence that the Spirit is working in her. Maybe not the way that we would like or as fast as we would like. It, it is. Uh, I mean, it's that's that's why we need to pray for her. I mean, the, the fact that anybody shows contrition about this or anything at all uh, when it comes to just you know, taking some introspection, especially in her sphere, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's evidence that the Spirit is working. We like to uh, support folks and individuals who are taking a stand uh, in our culture. One of the toughest stands you can take is against your own peer group. We're talking about Kirsten Powers she has to go back to work at CNN now, where they're going to incentivize her to forget everything that she, is, 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 is through humility, has acknowledged that she's been guilty of. Um, try doing this now against your own family as well. And that's what Miss Victoria Hurst is doing uh, from the Hurst family, as in William Randolph Hearst and uh, one of the great tycoons properties, Cosmopolitan Magazine. And she's concerned at how her family has uh, directed it to more adult, shall we say, oriented uh, content in recent years. Basically, it's just Playboy but uh, with glossier photos. Uh, she thinks, hey, if you guys want to go down the adult uh, entertainment road, we wouldn't practice necessarily censorship. But how about as a family, we practice better stewardship. And she's asking us to lend our voices uh, to help support uh, this cause of shielding our daughters like Todd's or mine or yours uh, from this adult content that Cosmopolitan is now putting out in the open 
for our children to consume. If you agree uh, with this and you're looking, hey, what's what's one thing I can do that's convenient where I can take a stand? Visit the website, Cosmo Hurts Kids, H-U-R-T-S, CosmoHurtsKids.com. That's CosmoHurtsKids.com. And you can lend your voice to this cause. We'll come back. Pop Culture Tuesday with some numbers you have to see to believe. Next. You know, it's bad enough your IRS problems ruined 2018. Don't let them ruin 2019 as well. Consider what is at stake when the IRS has you in its sights, like your paycheck, your bank account, your business, maybe even your own home. So if you're smart, you're going to know better than to deal with the IRS alone. You need the experts. Optima Tax Relief is America's number one tax resolution firm. Optima knows that behind every tax problem are honest, hardworking Americans with families, paychecks, and bank accounts that deserve to be protected. So when you engage Optima to fight for you and protect what's yours, know that you're getting a proven award-winning team that saved nearly a billion, with a B, a billion dollars for its clients over the years. So call them right now for your free consultation while you still have options. Optima Tax Relief is available at 800-699-6140. That's 1-800-699-6140. One more time, Optima Tax Relief. 1-800-699-6140. And now, today's Truth Bomb. Brought to you by my new book, Truth Bombs, Confronting the Lies, Conservatives Believed, or Our Own Demise. You can get your copy right now at Amazon.com and bookstores everywhere. But if you want to just pick it up on Amazon, that's the most convenient for me and for you. Uh, If you do like the book, if you picked it up already, if you could leave us a five-star review, we would appreciate that. Thanks to all of you that have done that at Amazon.com already. And today's Truth Bomb is going to tie right into Pop Culture Tuesday, which is where each week we look at the intersection between culture, particularly pop culture, and conservatism. So before we throw this up, we hear all the time, um, blank Republican, I've done this show my whole career. Like I, I don't know how guys like Mark Levin and Glenn Beck do it. Because they're, they, 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 they've been at this a lot longer than me. And I I am tired of the same old excuses. (laughs) I did this show in the Bush years. I did this show when McCain was the nominee, when Romney was the nominee. We do this show now when Trump is president. These are four dramatically different men, okay? And yet the excuses are the same. Well, they they can't campaign on this stuff because the media will kill them, right? You guys, have you heard that one, Todd, a a few few times? times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Republicans in Congress. So we, we told you last week, Republicans have controlled Congress 16 of the last 24 years, I think it was. They, they can't do this stuff, Dace, because the media will kill them, right? You've heard that too, Who, right? who are you going to believe, Steve? Steve Schmidt or your lion eyes? Yes, yes. Exactly. <laughs> well played. That's the, that's the best line of the whole show, if you ask me. Wish I would have said it. Um, the idea that uh, they, they, they can't, your Republican governor can't govern conservatively. The media will kill him. This is why Republicans don't ever win. Even though Democrats lost well over a thousand, and Democratic incumbents lost over a thousand elections from 2009 to 2016, right? We've heard this all, right? Right? This, this great big fallacy that the intergalactic media, they're the Death Star with no thermal exhaust port. It cannot be taken down. It cannot be defeated. You cannot get beyond their undeniable echo chamber. They own the Overton window, right? We've heard this, right? Indeed. Indeed. 
We love data on our show. Here's a truth bomb that I'm about to drop on you with data. All right. This is the percentage viewership. And these are numbers that were all taken from the most recent sweeps month. Why did I use sweeps month? Put the camera back on me for just a second, Aaron, before we go back to that. So you understand sweeps month are February, May, and November. They're the three most important months in television because they are when advertisers are deciding what shows and programs they will buy for the next quarter. And so if you ever wondered, you ever wondered why on your local news that the restaurants and the hotels are only infested with bed bugs in February, May, and November. And nobody cares how many bed bugs are in the hotel rooms in your hometown in June, July, and August. You ever notice this? You ever notice how the politicians seem more corrupt? Action News Investigates. Yes, in February, <laughs> May, and November. You ever notice that? You ever notice how the, the health department is cracking down on dirty diners? Far more in February. It's like, it's like, wow, man, they really need to clean more in February, <laughs> May, and November. Okay? There's a reason for it. These are the sweeps months. Okay? And so that's why your favorite shows are never on reruns in February, May, and November. Okay? This is why. Okay? This is why the seasons of your first run shows start in the fall and then end in May. Okay? This is always why. They're the biggest months. And I took these numbers from when everybody's viewership is at its highest and their programming is putting its best foot forward, okay? All right? So this is from November of 2018's Sweeps Months. That's where these numbers are from, okay? Percentage viewership these entities have of the total people who voted in 2016. Are you ready for this? The total, meaning total viewership. Total? Total viewership. Of CBS News This Morning, ABC's Good Morning America, and NBC's Today Show, its total viewership at its prime rating, its prime rating, its total viewership. So, by the way, last sweeps month would have been during the election, guys, okay? And its aftermath. Its total viewership of all three at its height, 17% of the U.S. electorate, the people that voted, and barely half just over half the people vote, okay? 17%. The t- I'm sorry, that's the nightly newscast, not the morning shows. My bad. Here's the morning shows. I, and I couldn't even tell you. Does Lester Holt still do NBC? Who? I, I think Lester Holt, does he still do NBC? I don't, I don't know. Remember when we all knew who Peter Jennings and, and, right. and, and, Don, and Dan Chancellor and Garrett Mar- I don't know who does CBS and ABC. I, don't, I couldn't tell you. I don't know who any of them. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who does. I, I think Lester Holt still does NBC. And I think I know that because I think he attends Tim Keller's church in New York City. I think that's really? why I know. Yeah. Huh. Um, but I couldn't tell you who does. I work in this industry. Really? I, I don't know who hosts the CBS and ABC yeah. nightly newscast. I don't know. Well, I'm still stuck on Lester Holt goes to Tim Keller's yeah. church, man. Yeah. I think I read that somewhere. <laughs> All right. Um, put that back up there. Let's go to the morning shows. Now, this is CBS News This Morning, ABC's Good Morning America, NBC's Today Show. Height of their ratings. Their total combined viewership is 9% of the electorate in 2016. 9%. Fox News' primetime lineup, number one network now in all of cable television. It's been the number one cable news network for like 15 years. This is now the number one cable network, period. It's primetime lineup, which starts with Brett Baer, right? 
Uh, and then it, then it concludes so. with, is it Shannon Bream? Is she, she has Greta Van Susteren's time slot now at the end of the night. I think she does. You know, so, than I do. okay. So Brett Barrett is Shannon Bream. And then you have Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram and Sean Hannity in between. It's total viewership. The number one cable network, not news network, cable network. It's total prime time lineup. 2.1% of the 2016 electric. This one is the most fascinating to me so far. The view. Why did I put the view in there? Because I don't know what Alyssa Milano and Lena Dunham's ratings are. <laughs> and other and, and, and the view, they are like their own click servative, you know, fetish fetish. We just, we just get it all over us. Okay. We can't, we can't get enough. All right. We can't get enough of the, of these people. The view, 2% of the 2016 electorate, 2%. Okay. Uh, and by the way, I'm not, these numbers don't even tell us where this electorate is located. Like mm-hmm. the 2% of the 2016 electorate that watches the view, how many of that two, how much, what percentage of that 2% do you think lives any place where Republicans have a chance to win anything? What do you think? Oh. Small number. Yeah, it's going to be really low. I'm guessing. Yeah, so we can't even we can't. I don't. That's proprietary information. You pay Newser and you know Nielsen Prime. Num, that's how they make their money. Is you pay them as a media entity huge numbers to know that info. So we don't even know that. Okay, we don't even know that. Like the nine percent of people that voted that make up the 2016 electorate that are watching the network morning shows. How? What percentage of that are people like in the Florida Panhandle? where Republicans need a massive turnout to win a key swing state. Oh, we don't know that. So those numbers, if you think they're minuscule, wait until you actually dig deep into figuring out who these people really are, not just the number they represent, but whether they're an obtainable voter for you on any level whatsoever. Okay. This reminds me, remember? (laughs) Oh boy. Remember when um, Rick Santorum was running and he went on the view and and you're just like, what's he doing? Why is he there? Yeah. Give me the composite of the Republican yeah. presidential primary voters. Like, you know, I was watching Rick Santorum on The View. Yeah, no. There doesn't, there, no such person exists. No such person. All right, let's go, let's go back up. Let's put those numbers up there again. All right. MSNBC's primetime lineup is 1.3% of the 2016 electorate. I know Rachel Maddow because she's their number one show. I don't know. Chris Hayes is on there, right? Okay. Yeah. Because he was the guy at the border with Beto saying, tear down all the walls. Yep. Um, because we need, it needs to be easier for the illegals to get here. It's an arduous task to scale the barbed fencing in El Paso. Uh, they're 1.3%. Lawrence O'Donnell still, I think. Uh, is he still on there? I think so. Screaming about ball bearings or something? Yeah. Okay. It's the hammers. Okay. Uh, it's all ball bearings these days. Stop the hammering. Yeah. All right. CNN's primetime lineup. <laughs> Anderson Cooper, uh, I always get the Cuomo's mixed up, it, but it, it does. It, it's a rock would say it doesn't matter. Where's the bitter lemon? Um, where's Brian Stelter to say that 0.7 does not mean what you think it means? Yes, <laughs> CNN's prime time lineup represents 0.7 percent of the electorate. Oh, and Twitter, where we just sit around and let Twitter decide what 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 we're going to talk about. These cable, these networks that I just mentioned, who represent a scant percentage of the electorate, are dominated in what they talk about by what gets said and posted on Twitter, right? 79.4%, almost 80%, 
79.4% of all U.S. Twitter accounts, or all Twitter accounts, are outside of the U.S. Barely 20% of Twitter's total users live in the United States. We are a, you may comment. We are a fully propagandized people. That's because there is no other rationale for the degree to which we are regularly enslaved by certain narratives that it, unless we are as a movement complicit in, just simply aren't reaching regular people on a regular basis. I mean, cue, cue up your banana in the tailpipe theme, Steve. You want, you, you, want, you want the most recent um, uh, confirmation of this? It's Ralph Northam and Justin Fairfax. Yep. I mean, that story was covered everywhere. That story was exposed everywhere. Democrats thought they were doomed by this. They went out there. They were, they were lining up to demand Ralph Northam resign. Okay? But what we found was most of the people aren't even aware of this because they don't – they're not on Twitter – and they don't read the Washington Post, and they don't watch CNN, and they don't watch any of this, actually. I am very paradoxically influenced by that. It, that simultaneously gives me a ton of hope and a ton of despair. Yeah. Because there's hope in that there, there's people out there who are just living some kind of life other than being addicted to this. On the other hand, there's a, there's a, a grotesque level of just ignorance about stuff that yeah. people should know about on some this level. This isn't all good news. No, okay? no, no, no. It, it, it is paradoxical. It's a double-edged sword. So I'll practice some more humility. I thought, and you know why? I, I'll tell you why. I thought that this was doing heavy damage to the Democratic Party. I still think they will pay a penalty for this in the next election. I'm pretty confident of that, okay, to some extent. And it could just be as simple as the gains they've made stop I don't know that it, I don't you know whether we'll go so far as Trump wins the state. I don't know, but they will pay some political recompense for it. And one of the reasons why is because you know tr- whoever doesn't know about this, Donald Trump's going to make damn sure that <laughs> 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 they know about it in twenty twenty. Yeah. I mean, he's going to have Ralph Northam in blackface impersonators. He's going to change his name to Ralph Northam. Yes, yes, he'll be Northam. I know that you know, and I know that you know that you're a racist. So when I, so when I, when I say come on over, start blackfacing. You know he's going to do this. I mean, he is just going to, he is going to be on this like white on rice. See what I did there? <laughs> I did. Okay. Uh, <laughs> He should, no matter who he's running against, to come into America. Yeah, I could see him, no matter who he's running against. It could be Cory Booker on stage. He'll just start calling him Ralph Northam. Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay, so I did, I did several. See what I did there, but we should probably let the other ones go. But um, (laughs) so, whoever doesn't know about it now, Donald J. Trump is going to make it his life's mission. Throughout the course of next year to make sure every carbon-based life form on a class M planet in the Alpha Quadrant is aware of this story, okay? But I watched the way the Democrats were reacting, the way they were out there like, fire everybody, quit, resign, you're done here. That showed me, because you rarely see preemptive fear from Democrats, because they control these narratives. That level of preemptive fear, 
trying to get out of when was, how often do you see Democrats try to get ahead of a negative? How often do you see that? Most of the time they just act like the negatives only most of the time they're Kamala Harris in that clip that Aaron showed at the top of the show. Sure. I don't have to answer Please. for what I said what about tweets? him. What do you mean? What do you, what do you mean? What hoax? I never even said that. What are you talking about? Okay. They're just gas. They're just, it's just, it's gaslighting into perpetuity to see them show preemptive fear about a story is not their natural habitat. And so I was reacting to the way they were reacting to it. But so this is a double-edged sword. This is both the people that is uninformed and easily manipulated, manipulated. And so the way that I think we have to respond to this is we have to stop making it easy for these leftists to manipulate these people. And we have to ask ourselves, I understand we got to make money. None of us here are working, working Penub, Buckwheat. All right. I get that. We have to ask ourselves though, whatever the current ratio is between generating clicks that we all need to keep the lights on. This is show business. And the last operative word there would be business, okay? This shows a business too, all right? Um, we have to figure out, though, we need to re-ratioing here. Because what's happening by making this overwhelmingly our focus as, an, as a movement and as an industry, we aren't taking the time to inform all those Americans who are, don't even, aren't even aware of what happened in Virginia and don't care and have tuned all of this out. So... Our, we are out of balance with the force here, okay? The, we are, the, the level of reactionary responses we're doing to media, most of our target audience isn't consuming, is way up here. And the amount of time we're spending trying to reach the, that group of people who are largely uninformed with what we think and who we really are is way down here. So I don't, I, I'm not saying it even has to be here. I don't know that we could all keep our lights on if we did that. But can we make it like here? Maybe even here. I'm not asking for much. Can we maybe get like into the third, you know, and spend some amount of substantive time trying to actually reach the, the great unwashed here? Okay. As opposed to reminding people what is being said in outlets they're largely not paying attention to anyway. Every day, um, I ask you guys to check out our advertisers. Why? And it's not just because I like the product, and it might even be of good use to you, but we choose to partner with certain companies because we're a family here, a group of people that often uh, share a lot of the same values and beliefs. So ask yourself why you buy from certain companies or don't. Um, like, for, instance, for example, if you have a cell phone. Uh, you probably can't go to the bathroom without taking it with you. Um, why are you giving money to companies that... Um, use that revenue to go after your values and beliefs and fund political candidates and causes that are opposed to what you believe, please consider Patriot Mobile. Uh, they're veteran-led and donate to organizations that share your values and beliefs. Plus, you get the same nationwide coverage for less money because they aren't spending millions on commercials with that creepy guy who switched sides. Uh, you get the same nationwide coverage with unlimited talk and text plans starting as low. 20 bucks a month with Patriot Mobile. Call 1-800-A-PATRIOT. That's 1-800-A-PATRIOT. Or visit them online at patriotmobile.com slash blaze. 
PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze and get a free activation for two lines. PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze. I want to thank all of you for tuning in here today uh, and being a part of the program. Again, if you're listening to us via podcast, leave us a five-star review, please, if you like our show. If you don't, don't lie, but if you do, we would appreciate it. Uh, let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email us, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Until tomorrow, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.